Welcome to the OFR Farm Report, your look at the Atlanta Braves minor league system brought to you by OutfieldFlyRule.com, hosted by Andy Harris and Matt Kritzberg. Hey everybody, welcome to what is very likely the final OFR Farm Report podcast of 2023. With me as always, my co-host Matt Kritzberg. Hey Matt, how you doing? Pretty good. Uh, not a whole lot has happened since our last when last we met, but there's been a couple of significant moves, so uh, we'll be reviewing those. Uh, I mean, there's really not a whole lot going on as far as like minor league signings, but uh, we'll we'll get everybody caught up and give some opinions on them. Yeah. So let's start with um, the trades. When we uh, last spoke, uh, we had just traded for Jared Kelnick of the uh, Seattle Mariners, along with Evan White and uh, Marco Gonzalez. We had a feeling that Gonzalez probably wasn't going to be around very long. And in fact, that turned out to be true. We have traded him to the Pittsburgh Pirates, along with cash for a player to be named later. And then we flipped Evan White along with um, Tyler Thomas, who we had just picked up in the minor league portion of the Rule 5 draft, the Braves' only selection in the in the Rule 5 draft this year. They went to the Angels for uh, catcher Max Stassi and uh, infielder David Fletcher. David Fletcher is still around, but uh, Stassi was flipped along with cash to the White Sox for a player to be named later. So essentially we've been shifting a lot of money around. Yeah. Instead of just sitting on the money that um, they inherited from the Mariners for Evan White, Marco Gonzalez, they try to minimize the impact of those by shipping them elsewhere. I think in the uh, Marco Gonzalez deal, I'm thinking they paid all the way down to roughly around $9 million, give or take. And the Pirates only having to uh, pay $3 million this season. And then in the case of Stassi, they paid all the way down to the league minimum. So I believe they paid uh, like six, six $6.2 million, somewhere around in there. So, yeah, they're not going to – they're not going to have to pay much for their catcher this year in Chicago, and they're getting players to be named later in both cases. I'm hoping what will happen is they pay down so much on those salaries that maybe it'll help bump up the quality of player a little bit. That's not just a body that they'll be stashing in the minor leagues somewhere. Some, I mean, a conspiracy theorist might say, hey, that they could use these players in a future deal. I'm not saying they would be the main course of a trade by any means but say if it's a four for one deal that they might be players three or four in the mix so it's it's possible but we'll just have to see how things develop over the next few weeks yeah i I mean i don't put anything past um alex anthopoulos but this sort of thing i believe in occam's razor right i suspect we'll just get some dudes back right you know yeah probably probably some minor league depth guys um so, so all that happened, um, essentially Braves, if you look at them from last year to this year, uh, they've, they've, um, replaced Eddie Rosario with Kalenic and they have replaced Nikki Lopez with, uh, David Fletcher. And we'll see if David Fletcher sticks around or if he's going to be part of a future move as well. He's a little expensive kind of for what he is, um, a guy that makes a lot of contact, um, doesn't strike out a lot, but also um, has 
almost no power, um, grounds the grounds out a lot. Um, and, um, you know, it's kind of, he can play all over the infield, but it's kind of lost a step as well. Uh, certainly not up there, not there with, uh, Nicky Lopez defensively. So, uh, maybe a step, st- a step sideways, but, you know, ideally if all goes well, you know, he's a guy that wouldn't play much anyway. Yeah. Cause in the, uh, I see him at least being a semi-useful player, but like Evan White was never going to sit on the field for Atlanta. And Marco Gonzalez was probably going to be at best a fifth starter in that mix. And at least in this case, they cleared that payroll. So instead of paying him $3 million, or sorry, it was going to be $12 million minus whatever money they inherited from the Mariners to be a fifth starter in the rotation. They could pay somebody... 750,000 to do that. So they decided not, not to not go that route, but David Fletcher, it's at least somebody who can play. Uh, like I said, it's not a whole lot different than Nicky Lopez. He's probably a slightly better hitter and a slightly worse fielder. So like I said, it's probably kind of a sideways maneuver, but at least you can actually put him on the field and get some, something out of him for that. Although it's, he's going to be making a lot of money for this season and next season. Um, and I believe he has an option for 26 and 27, which I don't anticipate they'll, be taking it that far yeah so basically it's a lot of money moving around a lot of picking up a salary uh for the honor of employing jared uh for the next five seasons uh they obviously see something in him that he hasn't demonstrated at the least at the major league level yet and you know this is certainly something that i trust braves evaluators in they're really good at kind of taking guys that are kind of cast off a little bit and, and making them viable players. I mean, you don't have to look far, much farther than, you know, Eddie Rosario when we picked him up, right. He uh, was struggling in Cleveland after struggling in Minnesota for a few years, you know, and then, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of examples of this. So, uh, they obviously think very highly of Kalenic Anthopolis at the winter meetings said explicitly, Jared Kalinick was the only position player they pursued this offseason, which is kind of a remarkable thing to say. Yeah, uh, um, we'll take him at face value on that one. But uh, I guess at the end of the day, the trade comes out to basically be Jack- Jackson Kowar, uh, Cole Phillips, and what, between 15 and $17 million for Kalinick. Which is yeah. not terrible. I mean, they didn't they didn't give up any significant prospects to get him. I mean, even if Cole Phillips turns out to be something, I mean, he's never thrown a professional pitch. Uh it might be towards the end of the decade before he makes his major league debut, if he makes one at all. So that's the kind of uh gamble you can afford to make when you're in the position the Braves are. Yes. Uh on the pitching front, um a few uh few uh names kind of came off the board. Uh, specifically today, Seth Lugo, uh, which was a name that had been floated around as someone that the Braves were at least uh, inquiring about. He ends up signing with Kansas City, uh, three years, $45 million. It's right at $15 million a year, which seems like a pretty pretty decent contract. Uh, he had a pretty good year last year uh, with uh, San Diego. So I don't know if that was just Uh, too rich for Atlanta or if their interest in Lugo was kind of overblown. Yeah, I I didn't mind him as a target. It's not somebody at the forefront of who I thought they would possibly get, but 
it, the good thing part would have been it's he has he would have multiple years of control, which is something they really desperately need at the moment, even if he's like a third or fourth starter for a couple of seasons. But I think what pushed up that over the edge with Kansas City is the third year is a player option. So if he's doing really well, he can put himself back out on the market. And if not, he can get 15 million more dollars for a third season. But it kind of tells you what the pitching market's at this season because he was not exactly on the top half on the first tier and probably not even maybe at the bottom of the second tier as far as uh, starters go. And you see where the starting pitching market's going to be. And I, I kind of doubt that Alex Anthopoulos is even going to really delve into that the free agent market at this point because you see similar type pitchers. I mean, Marcus Stroman's out there. I think he would get a similar number of years, maybe a three-year deal. But, at, I mean, if Seth Lugo's getting $15 million, I mean, somebody like Stroman's probably going to get $22, 23000000 million. So I, I think that's something – Alex Anthopoulos is really going to stay away from. Yeah, and, and I don't see Strowman on this team anyway. I, I don't no. think he's a, a fit. But, uh, yeah, I mean, everybody knows free agent market's a, a sucker's play, right? It's it's yeah. where you go when you're desperate. And um, the Braves have some trade options they can do. Um, but yeah, they could also not do anything. I mean, it, it's – it's something that I know a, a lot of fans are gonna would have a hard time accepting that, um, but as of right now, it's still the same starting rotation. You know that won 108 games last year. Yeah, and if they, and they have Ronaldo Lopez, who they stated could be an option for the starting rotation next year, so he's available as well. At some point this season, they're gonna have to figure out what they've got in a Hurston Waldrop and AJ Smith Shopper, whether they're gonna be options for 2025 and beyond so i think they'll start off the season at at around the gwinnett uh, level and probably find themselves up fairly quickly i'm not saying like mid-season or late season i'm talking about probably by like memorial day start finding their way into the mix uh because they really need to know going into next year what they have especially if let's say uh, max freed and charlie morton are both going to be gone and you're You've got Spencer Strider and a whole lot of what ifs. So they they, they they got more questions than answers at this point, but I, I would really like to see them at least get one more multi-year option under their belt. Yeah. And, you know, there's also the guys returning from injury. We scar, you Noah, um, who, you know, before his injury, we've seen be effective in the rotation uh, for stretch for, for stretches. We also have seen him, you know, crash and burn too uh with the braves it seems like sometimes guys go on the il and then come back and they they're a little bit better um assuming that they're healthy right if, if the, assuming the rehab goes well and everything you know they take the time and maybe reevaluate their pitch mix maybe you know look at their mechanics and and they can come back and you know, be a little bit cleaner, have a little bit more zip, have a, you know, have, have more interesting pitches. So, um, I'm, so we'll get to take a look at, you in spring training apparently. And, uh, and then Ian Anderson, uh, you know, sometime in the mid season, we know the struggles he was having, uh, in 2022, um, and we know the shoulder probably had something to do with that. Um, but also, you know, we've had questions about his pitch mix and things like that. And I'm really interested in seeing what he comes back with when he's healthy. 
Yeah, because it's likely he comes back somewhere probably by the All-Star break, um, provided there's mm-hmm. no complications. It'd be interesting to see what happens there. And then uh, beyond that, you got you got the Bryce Elders of the world. I mean, you still got Darius Vines out there, Alan Winans. So, I mean, there's a lot of guys who could be in that back end of the rotation spot, and Gwinnett ought to have a pretty solid rotation as well. But uh, in, in the case of Bryce Elder, it's going to be interesting to see is he the guy from the first half? Is he the guy from the second half? Or more than likely, some someone that's in between. And even the in between version of Bryce Elder is good for a fifth rotation spot. Yeah, I I would be quite happy with in between. Right? Then you're talking about a a guy probably with a you know a fifth starter that posts up a between three point five four ERA every year and eats a lot of innings. I mean that's that's a guy that makes about $15 million a year on the open market, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and, and a guy who can eat five to six innings a star. I mean, he, and I think that's what happened toward with him towards the end of the season. He just finally just wore down after all the innings he's pitched by far more than he did pitch in any other season. I think he just completely ran out of gas. Unfortunately, they had no other options late in the season into the playoffs, and they had to turn to him to try to get some more out of him. But uh, I think with some rest over the winter, hopefully – he can come back and get himself right back in the mix again uh, in the spring. All right, let's let's talk about what's going on in the minor league. And like you said, it's not been much, but they did sign a couple of free agents. The most intriguing one, infielder Lurie Garcia. Uh, he's a guy that had has been with the White Sox a lot. Um, very good um, infielder. Uh, didn't play at all last season. Um, and now a free agent signed a minor league deal with us. This feels like, you know, someone taking over that Yomer Sanchez role, you know, a, a, a quality that, that's exactly uh, veteran who, infielder. Yeah, that's exactly who I thought of when uh, they announced the trade. I mean, he got to play a billion positions just like Sanchez, Sanchez did last year. Uh, got major league experience. That's the kind of guy they want down in Gwinnett. Yeah. And the other um, guy they signed, right-handed pitcher Jorge Juan, is a uh, a guy who had previously been in the um, Oakland. He was with the Oakland A's system. Um, so this is, I guess, this is some sort of um, weird payback for the Oakland signing Drew Lugbauer away from us. I don't know. <laughs> you can call it, kind of kind of sort of squint and call it a trade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, most of the guys that they've been signing, they've been just going ahead and putting him on the uh, Gwinnett roster. I noticed they put uh, one on the uh, Mississippi roster. So that might be a kind of tip where they think that he's going to land organizationally to start the year. Yeah. uh, Kind of doubling back to Garcia for a minute. What's uh, funny. Somebody put a meme up yesterday about, of course, after the Shohei Otani deal was announced and he'd be only making $2 million a year for the next 10 years. Uh, somebody put up a meme saying that put it with his face and his $2 million figure next to Lurie Garcia and the 5.5 million he'll be making from the White Sox next season. Cause they're still paying him. <laughs> and I had to point out, it's like, yeah, he's going to be playing five point. He's going to be being paid almost three times as much as Shohei Otani. They'd be playing for the Gwinnett stripers next season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The uh, take home pay of the Gwinnett stripers is probably going to be higher than the take home pay of the, ostensibly highest paid player in major league history and professional sports history. Although that might change around 2034, 2035 <laughs> when, he's, just, when he's getting those $68 million checks. <laughs> yeah. Just a little bit. 
<laughs> All right. Um, and then uh, the other news, the Rule 5 draft happened. It was extremely quiet, uh, especially from the Brave side. Uh, they did not make a pick in the Major League portion, kind of as, as anticipated. Um, Matt, we talked about that infielder from the Marlins. He got picked very early, and uh, we speculated that perhaps the player to be named later in the Marco Gonzalez trade may the plan may have been for Pittsburgh to take that guy with their pick, and I think they were picking at like five or six, right? And yeah, uh, I, I, he well, was gone. I, I, well, Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pittsburgh was picking ninth, and I believe Washington was picking fifth, and they're the ones that snapped him up, Nassim Nunez. I, th- I think that plot we'd come up with beforehand, I think that was very much in play. And I think if he had made it down to Pittsburgh, they would have snapped him up, dealt him to the Braves, and that would have been the player to be named later in that trade. Yeah. Yeah, it seems plausible. I don't know about likely, but it's certainly plausible. Um, we'll see who the player to be named turns into. Or it might it might just be cash, right? I mean, it, that's that's another option. Um, yeah, I think if some time goes by and they can't agree on a player, that's it just turns into a cash transaction. Yeah, and and, and if uh, that hadn't happened, I kind of wonder if the, about this uh, trade they made for Stassi and Fletcher, whether that would have gone down as it was. Of course, they could have just kept doing the trade and then just uh, offloaded Fletcher elsewhere if they had Nassim Nunez in uh, in in the fold. Yeah, I think that trade was going to happen no matter what, because that was all about offloading Evan White and the Angels offloading those two contracts that they didn't want. Yeah, just uh, both, both. That was not, <laughs> nobody's going to win that trade. I don't think it's just going to be. We'll take guys, we, we'll trade guys we don't want for guys you don't want and let the money basically even out. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, and so the Braves and the minor league portion of it, and I was a little surprised because this has been an area where the Braves have, done really well in, in recent years. They only took left-handed pitcher Tyler Thomas out of the Mets organization and then, like we said, immediately flipped him uh, to the White Sox in the Max Stassi trade. So so nobody in the organization will be uh, Rule 5 picks for this year, which is really unusual because usually they, they take, get a couple of those guys and they more often not turn into valuable organizational depth. Yeah, because oh, they got Luis Diavila in that um, in, in that manner. They got um, Alan Winans a couple years ago, like that. I mean, they've they've made some hay in the minor league portion of the Rule Five draft over the last few seasons. But yeah, it, yeah, like you, I, I'm like yourself. I was kind of surprised, uh, but they didn't go above and beyond that. And they really, I mean, after the trading uh, Tyler Thomas, they really netted nothing out of the Rule Five draft. But at least they also didn't lose anybody as well, which we didn't expect was going to happen. So it's just kind of uh, they just kind of marked time and. For all five of them, might as well not even have happened. All right. Well, Matt, that's pretty much everything that happened. Uh, I think we're going to wrap this up pretty early. Um, I did get um, Christmas present. So so my wife and I, we generally don't exchange gifts directly, but instead we make like a, a joint big dollar purchase. And um, like last year, this year, we uh, decided to get uh, – 20 game packages for from the uh, Rome emperors this time. So, uh, oh, nice. uh, so we got our tickets. Yeah, we got our tickets and, um, and uh, looking forward to a uh, new season uh, with a spruced up logo, spruced up name. And uh, I assume they'll be revealing a new mascot here before too long. Yeah. Uh, 
I'm assuming it will not be a real penguin because I don't think a real penguin would fare very well in Rome, Georgia in the summertime. But uh, I'm sure that'll be a nice, uh, big, fluffy mascot for kids to hug and be attracted to uh, and buy their merch. So <laughs> it'll be uh, it's, like we talked about last time. It was still a really good reveal name and logo. I mean, we're loving it. Yeah. Matt, any predictions on anything the Braves will get done here within the next couple weeks? Do you think they will go get a pitcher, or do you think they're pretty much done? I think they'll try to get one in a trade, but I, I don't think they'll be in the free agent market at all. They're not going to be in the in the high dollar category and seeing where the mid market's at, unless they can get some kind of, some guy like on a one year um, prove it kind of deal. I just don't see it happening at this point. Uh, and there's too many guys on other teams that have multiple years remain to even try to speculate as to who they're going to get in that manner. But I, I, I do think as well that if they don't get anybody, they'll just be happy with what they got. And they still need to fill out a bench a little bit. But I mean, if you got Fletcher, um, you've got a, whoever the back, I mean, Travis Darno or uh, Sean Murphy, whoever the other catcher is that day, you I mean, you already got two of your four spots filled out without a problem. And then you've got uh the, the force wall types of the world. So you could, you could fill in a bench pretty quickly and I wouldn't be surprised if they pick up another guy like that uh, to kind of help fill in a the spot that, there. But I think that's about the extent of the move. I just don't see a big, big move at this point, but, and if that doesn't happen, uh, what happens with Vaughn Grissom? Cause that's going to be an interesting dilemma. I mean, you can't really justify sending him back to Gwinnett for another season, but <laughs> who knows? Yeah. Um, I still would love to see a uh, Max Freed extension. I'd put the likelihood of that probably at 20% or less. But um, as of right now, I would rather pay him than pretty much anybody else that would be on the market next year. Then you don't have to really worry about getting a guy with, you know, multiple years of control or anything like that. You can go and get a guy on a one-year deal or uh, trade for a guy that's, um, going to be a rental, you know, a, a Tyler Glasnow, you know, somebody like that. But um, like I said, I don't, I don't know if it's likely, but uh, I certainly hope it's still a possibility. Yeah, I think it's still possible. I kind of put that like 10, 20% possibility on Freed for right now. But if he gets the opening day, he hasn't signed, it goes to zero. He's going to play off the season. He's going to leave in free agency. Uh, I would think that the injury issues he had last season will at least make him slightly more receptive to it because i mean with the issues he's i mean if he gets another injury this year a, a significant injury then he loses everything from a leverage standpoint in free agency next year so kind of wonder if he might take some of that risk assessment into his thinking and say hey i might want to take the offer that's sitting here of course we don't know in the case of what they're offering him or if they made any significant offer but i, I just don't know if it's going to be like a token offer like they made to dance swanson and he's just going to walk regardless but uh, of course, I know if he was going to leave, it, his preference would be go to the West Coast. But if the Dodgers sign Yamamoto, <laughs> that might take them out of the mix for needing another starting pitcher in 2025. If Yam- Yamamoto and uh, Otani joins joins a rotation at that point, so I doubt they want to add another yet another big money pitcher to that. So it, would he want to go to Anaheim? <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's going to well, be interesting the next few. They could always go to Max and say, hey, how do you feel about making, oh, about a million dollars for a couple of years, but then totally making bank after you retire? <laughs> Don't know where I've heard that one before. <laughs> 
all the cool kids are doing it. Uh, at, yeah. But as somebody somebody pointed out, I think Bob Nightingale pointed out, it, it's not like Otani's going to be hurting for money. He pulls down about $50 million a year in endorsements, right? So it, he may, have, may be the only baseball player on the planet that would conceivably take a deal like that, right? Because it's he, he pulls down about $50 million endorsements. I think the second highest baseball player is Mike Trout at about $5 million. Yeah, it's all uh, guys like uh, Trout, uh, Mike. I mean, not Mike, uh, Aaron Judge, and uh, Bryce Harper, and they were in that like mid single digit range. It was nowhere even in the neighborhood of fifty million. They were talking about like five to seven million, which is they're not going to defer salary and live off of five million dollars. <laughs> no, no. All right, Matt, you got anything else? No. Um, We'll see if anything happens. I would think if anything's going to happen, it's going to happen this week. And then I think basically everything will shut down for a couple of weeks until early January. And then we'll reassess things at that time and see what happens. All right. Well, everybody, I hope you have a great week and also a great holiday um, wherever you are and whatever your, um, your belief system. Um, I hope you are enjoying it with family. I hope you're enjoying it with friends. Yep. Enjoy your your family and friends. Enjoy your holidays. Enjoy your time off if you have it coming. So, uh, best wishes, and we'll see. Hope we'll see if anything happens, but we'll likely talk again in January. Take care, everybody. They call me back, no Santa. I make my runs about to break a day. They call me back, no Santa. Break a day. Oh, oh, oh. I make all the little girls happy while the boys are out to play. Look at him. I ain't like old Saint Nick. He don't come but once a year. Oh, 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 oh. Break a day. Look ahead. I make all the little girls happy while the boys are out to play.